what just happened in my world that's caused me to feel this way? Because when we have that, we can then do something about it. Like when we kind of have that awareness. That's an important word, isn't it, awareness? Because I think a lot of the times, um, I know for me in particular, like I'm in the doing of, but I'm not kind of practising that self-awareness. I am so excited to be finally back talking to you all. Like it has been a red hot minute. So if you are new to this space, welcome. My focus, instead of just being on broad mental health, I've really kind of niched down a little bit in terms of ADHD. And so what I want to do every week is answer your questions about ADHD. Thank you so much for joining me for another mental health chat all about ADHD and I've known you and followed you for a while and I guess for me one of the biggest things that I see people struggle with with ADHD is their mindset and the way that they see themselves and when I thought about having this conversation you came to mind straight away so I thought it'd be really cool if you could introduce yourself to us first and let us know what you do and then we can just I don't know free chat because I think we do that pretty well (laughs) Thanks, Guy. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to meet you actually through one of my trainings where I teach this core modality called NLP. So that stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is like these big words for understanding how our mind and our thinking creates our feelings and our behaviours as well then. Um, and I love what I love about NLP in particular is it asks the question, how do we do what we do? Mm-hmm. So it really like breaks down our behaviors as human beings so we have like a step-by-step process where we can just make a change in a small area and it changes our our behavior and then our results we get in life so yeah I teach cool things like NLP hypnosis matrix therapies and it was a pleasure to teach you one of these modalities the thing that just sprung to mind there, I think, is something that um, gets missed, I think, when we live with ADHD, and this is my experience, I can't talk for everybody, but it's it's the breaking it down, right? Because yeah. I think we're so reactive and so impulsive that we're kind of in the moment and then in the next one before we've had an opportunity to just kind of be with the one we were in. So can you talk a little bit about that and how someone would actually, how would we actually go through that process of seeing what we're thinking is impacting what we're doing? Yeah, so it's interesting to think about that everything we do started somewhere. It's like the question, I love the question of how do I know it's time to feel a certain thing or, or you know, how do I know it's time to spend too much time scrolling my phone? It's a bizarre question, but it's like what needs to happen that's creating me to want to keep doing this behaviour? Do you know how you can have a feeling you, you might be sitting down and you're on your phone, say, for example, and then this you, you just feel off and you're like, why do I feel off? And it's this question of what just happened that's had me feel like what, what just kind of happened? And like just asking yourself that question, it's like, oh, it's because I saw that picture and it made me think of this other thing I need to do and that's caused me to feel, you know, now I've got that on my mind. And that's something I need to look at. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's another piece of advice about food. And then and then asking ourselves, hang on a minute, is this actually helping me, the information I'm consuming? Or do I just need to? Because 
ADHD, I imagine, you know, and I think I have it, right, but I'm not diagnosed. But I will. So the like attracts like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally resonate with so many things of it, going back into my childhood too, right? Yeah. Um, is we've got so many things in our mind and your question of, you know, how do we slow it down and look at the steps that we might be taking? And I think it's just a cool question is it's like what just happened in my world that's caused me to feel this way? Because when we have that, we can then do something about it. Like when we kind of have that awareness. That's an important word, isn't it, awareness? Because I think a lot of the times um, I know for me in particular, like I'm in the doing of, but I'm not kind of practicing that self-awareness. Do you have any kind of ways that you, and this is probably a broad question, but teach people to actually bring more self-awareness into their, their day? Yeah. So yeah. Those thoughts? yeah, I guess I do. So if I think about that, it would be, I really think it's what I've said before. I've, I've taken the time to just ask ourselves a question because if we don't, we're not really stopping to reflect. I think asking a question has us stop in that moment and direct our thoughts in a particular way. Got it. And I think what I could, I think what's really helpful for people to know is that every second that we are bombarded with information in our world, so as we're living, we're constantly getting internal pictures and movies playing inside our mind. Now, that is said to have happened after a lot of deletion and generalisation and, and um, processing. It happens in a second where our unconscious mind takes a lot of information away from us and we're left with categories of information, like yeah, big chunks of information. And we can be aware of that information if we stop and pay attention, but otherwise we actually start to not even realise the the pictures and movies we're thinking in our head. Mm. Like if you're on social media, you're being constantly bombarded by seeing other people's houses, other people's health routines, other people's family relationships, right, as an example. And when we, are t when we see that, our mind makes a meaning of that. Like it might, in it might make us think about, our house and how we feel about our living arrangements if that's not a good positive place for somebody this is what I mean by that might bring up a little feeling a niggly feeling and we don't really stop to realize what that is until we go hey oh what did I just see that made me feel this way oh it's because I had a belief that my house is not as pretty as theirs and that means something we don't have so we don't have to do that if we stop and ask cool questions and self-reflect we can then decide oh I either take in that information and come into my gratitude and know that how my life is is exactly the way it needs to be for me and I can choose that to be inspiration and go oh that's cool if they've got that that shows me what I would like to have as well it's different to comparison it can be inspiration, right? Um, so it's just being aware of how are we making meaning from, from things as well because we're constantly making pictures, movies that come then with self-talk about that and meaning. This all creates our meaning to the, to the outside thing. 
we're meaning making machines and it's this constant question is the meaning I'm making serving me and resourceful to me and self-loving to me or is it not and if it's not put the phone down stop the social media you need to discern you need to cut away stuff that does not serve you I think that's so useful to hear because I think a lot of just people in general, not even ADHD is right with social media, like there's this imposter syndrome, isn't there? Right, yes. Yeah, and so when you're talking about what do you make it mean, I think a lot of the times we're skewed over here into we make it mean something negative about us. We do generally, yes. Yeah, and so asking different questions or better questions will kind of shift us into a different space. That's right. Yeah. Because we're seeing a snapshot of someone's life in, like, they will even say it's, you know, in a, in a perfect moment of my day, but you didn't see the times where I cried or got angry <laughs> or felt not good about myself. You didn't see those moments. And we do default to being negative on ourselves, which is so interesting, I find, for a reason of wanting to belong and wanting to have love and connection. So it seems counterintuitive. It's like, well, why would we feel negative about ourselves if ultimately we want belonging and love and connection? There's this kind of idea that if we're critical about ourselves, well, then we, you know, we're kind of always questioning, am I going to belong to these people or am I not behaving correctly or am I not appearing correctly? So the negative, like our mind, the, it's going to the negative thinking it's serving us by wanting to see if we need to make any change. Um, but we just want to pay attention to that and realise, well, no, you can be positive about yourself whilst you go and belong and have love and connection with others because we all have negative stuff about ourselves. It's just it's not true. But, yeah. Internal know. critic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thinking like it's there because it thinks it's doing the best for us. But we don't behave very nicely to ourselves when we feel negative about ourselves. You talk a lot about um, compassion and gratitude. Can you kind of, how does that kind of link into mindset and being kinder to yourself? Yeah, beautiful. Well, I think I, I go straight to it changes the meaning that you put to the thing then and then ultimately changes the feeling that you have. So if you find yourself comparing to, to others and or going, oh, that's something else I need to do. Oh, that's something else I need to do. Oh, look at me. I, I can't do everything that everyone else is doing. When we come into gratitude, that immediately has us focus on all the good things that we have in our life. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like I even take a breath when I think of that because you, the moment you go into gratitude, nothing else can happen but feel like your body will just change, right, and go into your heart and go, wow, I am so grateful for that. And you go into that beautiful connection with yourself and then you can come from compassion and forgiveness of self, go, that's okay, I can just learn, I can take the learning and choose to do better next time. We're all constantly learning and needing to forgive ourselves. That compassion and that gratitude brings you back to yourself. It's interesting when you were talking then, and if somebody's listening to the audio, then they wouldn't be able to see, but your hands went straight to your heart space. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, and I think that's interesting because I think a lot of the time, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but when we're in like critic or like the overthinking, like we're in our head, right? Yeah. 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 So just that gratitude then I guess drops you into that space of just self-connection, which is that heart space. Is that? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's right. That is right. I mean, your body wisdom, yeah? Like. Oh, share that. Tell me about body wisdom. Hmm. Well, yeah, I love it too. Hey, so it's cool when you ask a question, you think of it, it's like, okay, how do I explain that? Yeah. So our heart knows what's best for us, right? And I love this self-love activity um, that I've thought of, and it is you put your hand to your heart and say, I know my heart. I am a good person. It is okay to love myself, and I love myself. Like some people need that permission of it's okay (laughs) to love myself. And I think we can always love ourselves if we remember that our heart has good intentions. All of your listeners here have great hearts and good intentions. And your heart and your body has the knowing and the wisdom. I'm putting my hands on my tummy right now, like my stomach, or some people might know about gut brain, like our our gut has information as well, or even just our power centre. Like, you know, those times when you get butterflies or just this assurity that, oh, yeah, I feel powerful right now. I feel confident. I feel grounded within myself. It's your knowing. It's your inner wisdom. When you can connect with your heart and your your body, really, because some people it is your stomach, but for other people it might be more their heart or their you know, third eye kind of sense. It might just be they feel a wave of energy come through them. So sometimes it's not a sturdiness in their stomach. It might be a wave of assurity. Hey, what I just thought and where I'm heading right now is coming from the right place for me. And I just need to listen to that. I need to listen to myself. Mm. Because your body has all of your experiences. And that means you have all of the learnings and experience. You know, that's amazing to have. We have to remember we are filled with resources and resourcefulness from everything we've experienced. And no one can, like, no one knows better than than us for ourselves. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. Um, I don't know if this is just my brain now. So if you have an answer, (laughs) awesome. If you don't, just, but, um, I think one of the questions and one of the things I've really kind of had to work on is finding like my center because I think, you know, there's a me in there, but I think ADHD, like the chatter and you probably like, it's so loud and there's so many thoughts and there's so many things going on that is there a way that, or a, or a, a thing that you teach people to just connect with center so that they can actually hear themselves over all of the other different parts of themselves. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I do. It's just I do also love this idea that people have different ways where they connect with their their knowing, and that's when I went into. I haven't actually taught it so much before. Speaking it out is this is really good. Thank you. Um, around some of us have a knowing where their tummy literally reacts. Have can you recall a time where someone's mentioned an idea to you and it's not the right idea and your tummy can actually flare up in like 
Like I just remember having that experience. But to get to that point too, I went through certain experience to a, such a point where it's like, Lauren, you cannot do this anymore. <laughs> like you, you, you've, you've kept doing the thing that is not best for you. It was like at this job, right? Was not happy, um, and I kept pursuing it because it was good in other ways. Like you know, I taught myself into, oh, and this is a good thing about it, or this is right for me, or and I'm helping this other person, so people please and can come in, right? And so I persisted for quite a while, experienced enough pain that when the question was asked of me, oh, so would you like to be, say, general manager of the company? my body just would not have let me say yes. <laughs> it was just this strong answer. So some of us have it in the stomach. So I would I would say to you to answer your question, Sky, how can people connect with their knowing when there is so much, can be so much going on in the head, is to have them think about a time when they did know something really well. Because we've all had that, like, when did you just know that that was a great decision for you? So thinking specifically of when you made a decision and you're really happy with that decision. Now, was it buying that car or buying that house, choosing that relationship, going for that thing in your work? Go back to that time and ask yourself, how did I know that this decision was right for me? Because for others and some people it can be, it's a calm, wise voice. It's their own voice, but it's always calm and positive. It's not that busy voice. It's the, yes, Lauren, you know, you've got this. Yes, Guy, you've got this. This is what you need to do. You might not understand fully, fully why. You don't maybe have all the logical reasons and understandings, right? But some part of you just knows and follow that and then go, how did I know? Was it a feeling? Was it a voice? Was it a wave? Was it I just felt centred and calm and trusting? And then you know that that's your thing. So come back to that. And maybe ask yourself, hey, I want to experience that more. I'm open to experiencing that more often. And you will. I think this is one of the things that I particularly love about listening to you is that you bring it back to you know. Like it's almost mm. like there's a guidance that you create, and I was just doing that within myself, that allows the person to figure it out for themselves. Yeah, cool rather than it being like there's not a right way. And I think that's what we always are doing when we're Googling or when we're searching or for me when I'm in my head, it's like, what's the right way? Mm, that's it, yeah. And then it doesn't work and we end up in that shame cycle, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's We don't want to go there. No. And definitely a time where we cut away how other people do it and, and ask yourself. And, again, this is a great thing of your past has your answers. So just go back and exactly what I said, go back to a time where it has worked for you and use that again. That's beautiful. Yeah, cool. People are listening and they're like, okay, if what it would be maybe the one thing that you would love for people to hear from you in terms of like um, I, or whatever, I'm not going to put a label around it, like what is one thing that you would just love people to hear from you? Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Well, I I know what that is and I kind of wish, I well, not kind of, I absolutely wish <laughs> I really lived from this earlier in my life and that is we have negative self-talk and it's not true. It's this thing of it thinks it's going to bring us love and connection and safety and we're actually all programmed to have this negative self-talk and we have these variations of different negative self-talk as well, like over-exaggerating, personalising, meaning taking everything personal that actually has nothing to do with us, wow. mind reading, thinking that what we perceived in another person means and we, we mind read and think we know what the other person is thinking, right? There's all these different types of negative self-talk and I wish I was taught that at school, <laughs> early on in high school, because I for whatever reason, compared myself to many people I was in high school with and it caused me to not have as much confidence and self-esteem that I could have had because I was just making it all up. Mm -hmm. And we want to honour our self-talk that we can learn from it and it can give us some information, like it might be coming from past trauma. So we do want to, you know, honour it and and give love to that voice as well and go, okay, thank you, that's interesting and <laughs> thank you for trying to protect me and it's not true. I just wish we were taught and told again to not believe that voice in our head and too that we all had because I used to think this thing of, oh, those girls are so, because I went to an all-girls school, so confident, they must not have self-doubt and the voices in my head like I have where I'm questioning my behaviours and but if we if we kind of know, we all experience it and we can give love to that voice and change it. Mm. So actually I can believe the opposite. I am good enough to have these friendships. I am a good person. I am just learning. I am just learning. I can take it as a learning and forgive myself. If we were taught that about our self-talk, I think we would have very different lives. Mm. With the way we treat ourselves. I really love then how you use the word end instead of but. Yeah, I right? do. Yeah, because I think when I listened to you, then it was almost like this allowing of like the critical voice is allowed to be there. It's not like a, a pushback or it's like not all or none. Whereas yes. I think sometimes it becomes that all or none. It's that or that. That's right. Whereas end is allowance. Like, thank you. And this can be yeah. true beautiful that's really cool to hear well that's great I'm all for the understanding our language and using language intentionally that's also an NLP thing because neurolinguistic is about our words that we use and two we don't want all or nothing behaviors in our world do we the sky that's great too like have all this place of learning not that we have to do the opposite we can find a place of grace in any part of anything <laughs> Oh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I enjoy talking with you too. So is there anything um, else that you want to share before we finish up? But could you also please let, because um, you've got a book as well that's just coming out. Can you please let everyone know about you, where they can find you and about your book, please? Oh, thanks, Guy. Yes, yeah, so I've written a book. I published it four months ago after writing it for three years and having it in my heart for a, a long time, culmination of my yeah, 18 years learning about human potential in a complementary therapy avenue 
And the book is all about self-love and the relationship we have to ourselves. So there's like a whole chapter all about self-talk and there's a whole chapter about positive body image and, and so forth. So there's nine chapters, nine vows that we can learn to, to make to ourselves to have a beautiful self-loving relationship with ourselves. And so my website for ease uh, to remember is just www.laurenjobson.com. And from there you can find the book and order that if you like. Uh, just stay in touch. It would be amazing to, to help people. Beautiful. And if anybody has any questions, um, are you happy for them to jump into the Living with ADHD group and right. just tag you in it? Would that be okay? I, I would love that. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. All right. If Thanks. Have questions, anybody? Yeah. I love questions. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I love questions. I love answering them. I love them. All right. Thanks heaps for your time today. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Guy.